have a special service today. And if you're watching online, we're glad that you are joining us. We have five people who are going to be baptized. And that's always an exciting time. I know, I know that um, over the last little while, God has kind of been convicting my heart about the reality and the importance of actually believing in a place called heaven. If you were to talk to most people who were here, they'd say, yes, of course I believe in heaven. But do we live as though it actually exists? We not only need to have a head knowledge of heaven, we need to have a heart knowledge of heaven. Live with the belief that, that we are going to be spending eternity in heaven. If you do, if you honestly do, it will change the kind of person that you are. It'll change the way you think, it'll, be, it'll change the way you live, it'll change your generosity, how you serve, how you seek your anticipation, all those things. But with that in mind, I was asking myself a question this week, and it was this, what is heaven like? What is your picture of heaven? What will it be like? What will it look like? What will it feel like? What will our role be? Like the Bible tells us a whole bunch of stuff about heaven, gives us indications, and there's, there's pictures that the scripture compare it to. But the way I would look at heaven probably might be a little bit different than the way you view heaven. There's like, there's a number of things, and, and like I'm sure that there's going to be worship. You know, that's probably one of the main things we'll see in heaven, but there's no time in heaven. We'll worship even have a beat. I'm not even too sure. And the thought of reunion uh, everybody meeting together and unity and the thought of complete peace and health and love and the fact that there won't be pain of any kind. Stop and consider all of those things. The full realization, really, of being in the full presence of the triune God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I'll say this, I think it will exceed our expectations. I don't think that there will be people say, this is heaven. I don't think that that will be possible to happen because we can't even comprehend it here while we're on earth. And, and um, I don't think that there will be perpetual heart, harp playing in a cloud. Like somehow we, we tend to, to, to be given the thought that that is what heaven is like. Jesus says, I'm going to go prepare a place for you. Heaven's, heaven is not the default. And that's why Jesus died on the cross for our sins, that we might know him. You need to know that you know that you know that you're making it to heaven. You need to give him your whole life. You need to ask God to forgive your sins so that he will have paid for those sins on the cross. And you give him your life. Are you ready for heaven? It's an important question to ask yourself. And I think it's foolish to think of heaven as one world at a time. Well, I'll, I'll worry about heaven when I get there. When scripture says that there's a connection between how you love, there's a reverberation that happens from the way that you live now. The things that you do, the way that you serve, how generous you are, all those things. The Bible even says it's just like even a cup of cold water is recognized when you get to heaven. It's such an important thing. And so if I were to add one more thing to your connotation of heaven, one more word, it would be this. Celebration. Heaven is about celebration. It is the core aspect of our spirituality. If you don't know what celebrating is, you don't know heaven. You don't get heaven. The things we celebrate reveal a piece of who we are, of what we value, what we believe most. And I tell you this, I don't celebrate enough. I find myself, and perhaps you do as well, that I go from one deadline, one project, to another deadline, another project, and another goal, and before long, it just seems like a string of, of work, string of things, and there needs to be a time where I stop and I celebrate 
and I consider the great things that God has done in our lives, and we just kind of get caught up in this life, and we never ever celebrate it. And so that's why baptism is such an important thing to me. And it's an important thing for those people who are deciding to take that step of obedience in baptism. And there's a blessing that is involved with it, but there's also a blessing upon us as the congregation because we get to celebrate. Celebration is such an important thing. And to think about it, if you really think about it, celebration is something that is not only commanded, it's something which is central. It's something which is crucial. Have you ever stopped for a second to think? In the Old Testament... God commands us to party. Obey these parties. Not only are they parties, they are festivals is what they call them. There were times, extended times, where you acknowledged all the good things and great things that God had done. He commands it. It's an important thing. They celebrated Passover, continue to celebrate Passover, something extremely important because it reveals what God has done. We celebrate or observe communion. It used to be, originally it was called a love feast. It was a time of celebration. We celebrate baptism. And God commands it because there's, it's an indicator when you celebrate. Like when I'm celebrating, not only am I seeing how God has moved in the past, but I see his faithfulness now, and I anticipate what God is going to do in the future. Like It is central to, to who we are and how we live. The biggest problem I think that we have with celebration is this, is that we use our leftover time to celebrate. I don't think that that's what Scripture had intended for us to do. It should be an active part of what we do. It's just so important. That's why Psalm 118 says, you know, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Take a look at all the times in Scriptures where they just begin to celebrate. I think of, uh, I think of Psalm 150. If you've never had the opportunity to read Psalm 150, the very last psalm, it just says, it just talks about praising the Lord in his sanctuary, praise him with his mighty in the mighty heavens, give him praise with his mighty for his mighty deeds, praise him according to his excellent greatness, praise him with the trumpet sound, praise him with the lute and the harp. What's a lute? Did they like mispronounce flute or something? Is lute? I think it's a guitar. It's kind of like a guitar, isn't it? Praise him with the tambourine and dance. Praise him with the strings and the pipe. Praise him with the sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud, clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. It just goes in depth. And Hey, stop and think about it. The very first recorded miracle that Jesus performs is a wedding feast. It's a celebration. One of those things is, well, why is he doing that? Because I think that there's something about celebration, something about enjoying God. What happens when you don't celebrate? When you don't celebrate, you forget. Celebration is commemoration. Like you need something to celebrate. And after a while, what you do is you just begin to forget the goodness of God, all the good things that he has done for us. And you fail to acknowledge all the wonderful things he's done. Because, because celebration really is a form of worshiping. Rejoicing together over the good things that God has done. And that's what we do with baptism. It is a, it is a, a symbolic act of an internal reality, isn't it? 
It lives out the gospel. It's, it not only it reminds us of what God has done, but Jesus wants us to celebrate. That's why God says, do you need to be baptized? There's a blessing which is to it because it, it glorifies me through the act of the gospel. You are dead in your trespasses and sin, and you are raised to life. Something to celebrate, something which is absolutely fantastic. But when we forget to celebrate, we lose that. We never stop to observe the things that God has done. We miss out on the opportunity to build relationship. Because when we worship, it is good to have someone else around, don't you think? If you're turning 30 years old, and it's your birthday, and you go home, and nobody's there, and you put on one of those pointy hats with the elastic around there, you take a candle and light it up and blow it out yourself, that's not celebration. That's just pitiful. Is it not? I remember a number of years ago, the, the Toronto Blue Jays won the World Series two years in a row. And the first year, I was in a room of around 40 people watching them win the World Series for the first time. And when, and when Joe Carter stepped on the bag to, to, to win it, I jumped in the air and I hugged people as though I had something to do with it. You know, it's kind of the funny thing with that. We high-fived. We, we just had a great time. The very next year... They wanted again, but I had moved out of that community into a new community. I hadn't had many friends or associates at that time, and so that game went on, and Joe Carter again hits a home run, and I remember jumping out of my couch. I even hit the ceiling with my hands, and, and I looked around, and there was nobody there. I was by myself. Boy, that was just a sad, empty feeling. You need to build relationships. You rejoice. You celebrate together for the great things that God has done. And that's why when the Boston Bruins win the Stanley Cup this year, I'm going to have a bunch of people around me. They may not be celebrating, but I will let them watch me celebrate. Not anybody says amen to that. If I understand that that's probably the case. When you celebrate, you cultivate the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace. If you stop celebrating, you lose your motivation. Celebration is motivation. We serve God and we share God and we, we show Jesus to a lost and dying world. So I say today, as we have a time of baptism, it is a time to celebrate, and there is a blessing that goes upon those candidates, but there is an equal blessing that goes on us because God blesses a time in a place when people are obedient to God. Amen? So to all of you fuddy-duddies out there, God desires his people to have a good time. Amen? And we're going to do that now. I'm just going to ask that the worship team, if they can kind of assemble. Uh, what I want to do is I want to pray a blessing uh, upon our five candidates. And then uh, as the worship team uh, leads, uh, we're just going to go get settled and we're going to have our baptism. But I just want to pray a blessing upon them before we get going. Can we do that? Lord, we celebrate faith. I celebrate the time that there was a time where I was lost. But now I am found. I celebrate a time where there I was lost and I was bound for a lost eternity. But Jesus came, died for my sins, 
and supernaturally convicted me of my sin. I give him my everything. And Lord, most people in this particular room, Father, have done that exact same thing. To know the joy of loving and serving Jesus is a wonderful thing. To anyone who is here, Lord, who may not know that joy, Father, don't let them leave this place without knowing you. So Lord, I just pray a blessing upon our five candidates. I pray, Father, for the presence, the blessing, the touch, the work of the Holy Spirit upon them. And Lord, we are going to rejoice together that there are great things that you're doing in our midst, Father, we pray in Jesus' name.